Did you guys see this? During last night's game, the Cowboys kicker missed four straight extra points. It was amazing. Watch this. He's missed three tonight, four in a row. And he has done it again. We haven't seen someone fail that many times in a row since Kevin McCarthy ran for Speaker of the House. Oh! Oh! Come on. 15. Kind of a hacky joke. But they also don't understand what may have been planned. We'll explain. And here we are on a Wednesday on the Chris Plant Show. Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant. He's vacationing. I am thrilled to be here, and uh, we're watching all kinds of reports of more DOJ retrieving documents from Biden's Delaware home. This on the heels of the White House telling us they don't have to tell you who Joe visited with because that's personal. Hmm. So yesterday you told us there were no logs. Today you're telling us you don't have to tell us because it's personal. He lives there. Well, he also lives at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And and so do members of the Biden family. <laughs> right? I think the daughter and the new husband are still living there or they're going to be moving out soon. Why wouldn't you live at the White House? If I had a family member who was in the White House, President, if there were a President Opelka, I would insist on living at the White House. So I can't blame him for that. But there's all kinds of contradictions popping up in this story. And at 3 o'clock today, there will be another uh, press briefing from uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre. Cringe. And we will hear the latest round of excuses. <laughs> I'm sure. It's just amazing to me. They're going to continue this. And uh, Peter Ducey will maybe get to ask a question. But yesterday we saw members of the CBS news team, members of, I believe it was MSNBC news team, actually asking questions. When MSNBC comes after the, this president, you know that the gloves are off. They're not going to be treating him kindly any longer. And uh, there was a guest yesterday on MSNBC whose name escapes me. But um, he was dismissing the lack of visitor logs just because, you know, you, you can't have visitor logs. It's, it's wrong, right? Why are we even asking about who are in the visitor logs? There's been nothing to date shown that would lend any suspicion, the slightest suspicion on Biden as a, as a person that he even knew about any of the documents. So why are they going, you know, on this kind of fishing expedition to see logs? It just doesn't compute. Yeah, it does compute. And uh, ignorance is no excuse, as we've been told. Uh, it's amazing to me how they are attempting to both circle the wagons and also pretend to be journalists. And it seems like the left is parceling out some of the ways that they're going to handle and deflect and defend this. 
And so they, they've got the White House reporters from CBS who originally broke the story just over a week ago. And now you have people from the old guard who are there defending. So you've got the current front line of youngsters. And I'm using the uh, Chris Plant air quotes with my fingers. And then you have the old guard who are there defending Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., who are who are trying to protect him on the documents. For example, let's bring in uh, James James Carville, uh, Representative Clyburn, and of course, the joyless one, the racist Reed on this topic. National press can't help but make fools of themselves. Uh, it happened in Whitewater. It happened in the email scandal, and this happened now. The reporting uh, sometimes is a little, little more sensational uh, than it ought to be. I used to be in the business, you know, so I understand that. At the end of the day, we can do a whole media segment on the idea of trying to be really aggressive when it's a Democrat to balance out what people feel like, well, maybe it's something unfair. No, Donald Trump really did the things. He really actually did the things. So you're saying that Joe Biden didn't do the things that... He had documents in his possession, but they were there because it's interesting. They're trying to have it both ways. The the Democrats who are in the White House press pool who are trying to keep their jobs are now starting to sound like journalists. It's amazing. It's astounding. And it's infuriating to Corinne Jean-Pierre. Cecilia Vega. From ABC, that's ABC News. Remember, they have a direct line to the DNC and to the White House through George Stephanopoulos. Cecilia Vega was pressing pretty hard yesterday. (laughs) And this is just fun for me. Uh, Hang on a second here. My clip is silent. Cecilia Vega, please. Uh, On Friday, you stood here, though, and were asked about this documents issued by our counsel 18 times. At that point, the president's lawyers had found these five additional pages of classified documents. So did you not know on Friday that those documents had been found when you were at the podium? Or are you being directed by someone to not be forthcoming on this issue? I have been forthcoming from this podium. What I uh, said yes to was what the statement at the time that we all had. Right, you all had the statement, uh, and I was repeating what the what the uh, council was sharing at that time. So repeating, you just you're just a repeater. I have to give Cecilia Vega credit because even though Cringe deflected and tried to shut her down, Vega went back to the well and and tried to give it another run and so we had that statement so we knew what was in it but you also exactly knew did you not know that i'm telling you i just answered the question i just said that i was repeating what the information that we had at that time right that you all had i was confirming from what the special counsel had provided to all of you and that we knew as well from here so just to be very very clear uh and look I've also been very clear about being prudent from here. I was also being very clear about being consistent from here uh, and not going uh, beyond uh, what is currently happening, right? And again, this is an ongoing, I also said this was an ongoing uh, review that was happening with the Department of Justice and as we know with the special counsel, I've been very consistent about that as well. Uh, And that's one of the reasons, your question to me is one of the reasons why 
I'm, I, we are being very, very careful and very mindful and to not interfere here uh, and to make sure, to make sure that the Department of Justice has their independence. Your question actually proves that and that's why we're going to continue uh, to refer you to Department of Justice and refer you to the special counsel or my colleagues at White House Counsel. Yeah, and no one's answering questions from those outlets either. Vega went back to the well. Again, I have to applaud ABC News' Cecilia Vega. She tried to keep going back, trying to do kind of a left turn. She started out saying, look, you told us 18 times. You were asked 18 times, is the, is the search over? And you said it was completed. It has been completed. Once more with Cecilia Vega going back to the well with cringe. Does President Biden have confidence in the way his team is handling this with this trickle out of information and the documents being found day after day? I can tell you this, the president has confidence. I can tell you this, that the president and his team uh, rightfully took action when they learned that the documents ex- existed. They Did they? That's the question I want to know. Did they take action when they learned the documents existed? Because we learned in the uh, aftermath that the knowledge of the documents started on November 2nd, six days before the midterms. The, the, um, somebody over in the archives was called on November 4th. We didn't know about it till last week. Are you telling me that nobody, nobody knew inside the White House about this? until last week reached out to the archives they reached out to the department of justice that is the steps we have been very clear about that the steps and the process uh that we took here uh and uh and look we're going to continue we're going to continue to uh, uh as we have said fully cooperate with the department of justice we're- she keeps looking down at her every time she repeats we're going to continue continue she's looking down to read the next talking point from her paper. We're going to fully cooperate uh, with the president's team is going to fully cooperate with the special counsel. That does not stop and that will just continue again. We are going to uh, respect the independence of the Department of Justice. Yeah, sure you are. And the Department of Justice decided yesterday that they were not going to oversee the attorneys. And not all of them are certified to handle classified documents. The attorneys looking for evidence. This is like um, the uh, the attorney general in a murder case telling the suspect, just search your apartment and tell us if you find anything. That bad idea. Vega once again pressing cringe on this uh, subject. Uh, I, I just love this happened. He's new to us in the conversations you've had with him on this issue. His, his mood has been very clear. I, I saw him this morning. He's very focused. I, I was with, I traveled with him this weekend. He wants to make sure that he's continuing and we are continuing to deliver for the American people. And uh, we've been, you know, we've been con- pretty consistent on that. If you think about last week, you heard from him about his, how his economic plan is working. Has anyone bought eggs? Anybody, anyone buying eggs? Has, has anyone actually looking at the reality of what's going on? How we have seen uh, inflation go down for six months straight. The rate of inflation has gone down. Inflation has not gone down. The rate of inflation has dropped from 9% increase per month to 6.5%. It's still going up 6.5%, which is well above the almost one and a half percent it was when joe took over just astounding to me (laughs) 
I have to take a a quick call here before we break here in this uh, in this moment. Uh, Let's check in with uh, let's check in with Jeff in Hagerstown, Maryland. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Hey, thanks, Michael. Um, Yeah, what uh, Cringe is doing is basic uh, basic liar one hundred and one. She just keeps on she just keeps on ratcheting her jaws. She can't give. You know, if she gave an answer and stuck with it to the question that was being asked, she'd be a little more credible, but she keeps on explaining, rambling along, just doing what liars do when they are lying. Yeah, it's I a mean, filibuster technique. She's she's just really filling the time and hoping people will get tired of it. And I'm happy to say that the mainstream media, and this was, this was ABC, I've got examples from other outlets that I will play for you that are going to show you that the filibustering ain't working. These people are hearing from their audience that you got to ask the questions. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Real quickly, once uh, once over to Tyson's Corner, Virginia, where John is. Hello, John. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Thank you, sir. Um, Welcome. I, I think at the, at the end of the day, this is all theatrics. I think the what is happening is the media is going against Biden now. They want him out. Uh, they're going to use this classified document scandal uh, to basically get him out of power. And the whole idea and reasoning for all of this is to prevent Trump from running in two years. And they're going to say Trump did the same thing. So, so it's a convenient excuse. Let's get Biden out now. And that way we have um uh moral uh the moral high ground to say that trump should not be allowed to run in two years so this is all theatrics and the american people are going to eat it and they're going to swallow it and nobody's going to question anything and nobody's going to be prosecuted and and that's what's happening this is all about trump in two years yeah it feels like biden as the scapegoat it feels like they're going for a twofer here you know, they're gonna, we're going to take down one of ours in order to get one of theirs. And they're going to get the orange man because they gave up this one. This is like, almost like a prisoner swap. It's very interesting. Thank you, John. I appreciate you being there. I've got more from Cringe, more cringeworthy comments from Cringe. Plus, uh, there's wonderful news, wonderful news from the World Economic Forum. And by wonderful, I mean awful. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on the Chris Plant Show. This is the Chris Plant Show. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. And welcome back to the Chris Plant Show. Getting a lot of activity on social media today. There is momentum apparently building behind my suggestion that um, Fox News and and the five trade Geraldo for um, a box of uh, sharpies to the View. So if you um, if you're to get a box of sharpies and maybe maybe one of those fancy office chairs and um, the View gets uh, Geraldo getting a lot of support on that 
on social media. We have more to play for you because there's more evidence behind the reasons for this trade. And it all happened last night with the idiotic statement about the Air 15s. But there's more. There's plenty more. Uh, Before I wrap up this half hour, Mike is in D.C. Mike, uh, by the way, Mike, happy 23rd anniversary on the arrest of uh, Mayor Marion Barry smoking crack. Do you remember? Are you old enough to remember that, Mike? <laughs> yes, I am. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah, today's the day, 23 years ago, the mayor of Washington, D.C. was caught on video in a police raid smoking crack, and he famously said, the mm, set me up. And the very next day, I was working in New York City on radio, the very next day in New York City, Mike, they were selling T-shirts in Harlem with pictures of uh, Mayor Barry. And from the video, they had taken a still frame from the video of him smoking crack. And the headline read, the hmm, rhymes with rich, set me up. I'll never forget it. Twenty. What a legacy of, of uh, government in Washington, D.C. What's on your mind, Mike? We know absolutely positively the Department of Justice and the FBI knew the laptop was real for at least two years now. Yes. They knew Hunter Biden by his um, cell phone records, his credit card statements in the laptop, was having drug dealers and prostitutes over that property. How is it conceivable that the FBI did not immediately swoop in the day they found a single classified document there. Well, everybody in the FBI is now a, a party to this crime. And, well, any anybody who anybody who looked the other way, and any of those intelligence staff who signed that letter, and and at least one of them has come forward now and laughingly said, "Yeah, we knew the laptop was real, but I signed the letter anyway." You're willing to sell yeah. your professional soul for a, um, a a powerful position somewhere in the government, it truly is offensive. And I'm wondering, like you, if the House committees will be able to call the prostitutes and drug dealers who visited the home, which is really like 12 miles from my home. Interesting. We will find out. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. It's Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. But my people tell me you've written a book. Uh, well, I didn't write a book. I was booked. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Welcome back to Wednesday on the Chris Plant Show. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris. He's on vacation. We've been trying to cover a whole lot of stuff today. There was uh, the wokeness of the NHL yesterday, and then last night we witnessed in, in Philadelphia a guy who didn't want to go out and promote the LGBTQ Pride Night at the Flyers game is now getting a lot of pressure 
because he wanted to honor his own religion. I, I remember the First Amendment is still still valid, is it not? It's one of the five freedoms protected in the First Amendment. One of the very important freedoms protected in that First Amendment is uh, your right to observe your religion. And now that we've seen in the post-pandemic era, I know the FDA hasn't declared the pandemic over. I know, I know the CDC has not declared the pandemic over, but Joe Biden did back in September, I think September 18th on the 60 Minutes. So it's over as far as I'm concerned, but um, maybe not so. Maybe not so. We'll see what happens. Uh, I also have a whole bunch of stuff from the World Economic Forum yesterday. And we talked about it briefly yesterday, about um, how these these folks have gathered 1,700-plus private jets, 2,800 representatives, people who are smarter than you and me and pretty much anyone we know, people who have been given, well, let's just say privilege. Is that the term the left uses, privilege? And they're gathering to tell us uh, or to basically worship at the church of Klaus Schwab, who is the leader of the World Economic Forum. And by the way, it's the 28th year of the World Economic Forum. And at one point, China tried to counter the World Economic Forum, tried to do their own thing. Uh, but they, uh, they've subsequently given that up. And I think there might have been a negotiation because Klaus Schwab yesterday was talking about China in a, in a very glowing manner, in a real loving manner, talking about just how great China is. Since China's up and reform process over 40 years ago, the country has made great contributions to the development of the global economy. So the country has made great contributions to the development of the global economy, meaning China's slave labor makes goods so cheap that the rest of the world just has to buy it. The World Economic Forum was all about sucking up to China yesterday and a couple other things. And uh, they were not above telling us just how great China is, especially when it comes to, you know, the environment. We have to understand China is the number one driver of clean energy today with yes. all its pros and cons. right. Yeah. And we've got to cooperate with them, obviously. What? What well, the very end of that, that British voice saying? We've got to cooperate with them, obviously. We've got to cooperate with them, obviously. And to the, uh, to the statement that China is the leader in clean energy, there's a recent survey that was published earlier this uh, past year, just really about a year ago, that listed the 50 filthiest cities when it comes to air pollution. 50 filthiest in the top 25, there were zero American cities. Zero. China had 23 of the top 25. Russia had two. I think New York comes in at 26th or something. But out of the top 25 filthiest cities when it comes to pollution, 
China is number one, both in numbers of cities and amounts of pollution. China doesn't care about the clean air standards. They're putting up coal plants faster than we can shut them down. China is building coal plants at a feverish pace. They're telling us they're going to convert to solar and wind. But what they're doing is converting factories to solar and wind to sell it to us, to sell it to the rest of the world. That, this is really laughable. We have to understand China is the number one driver of clean energy today. Yeah. No, they're not. They're not. They're the number one polluter. And they get by because they keep saying that uh, they're listed as an emerging economy. China is not an emerging economy. China is a threat to America. China is one of the greatest threats to this country. But uh, we're just, uh, we're not paying attention. Or maybe we are and we don't care. Maybe we are and we don't care. Think about it. Uh, we um, We have globalists from our own country who are there. I know John Kerry's out there checking tail numbers on the uh, private jets on the runway, probably going to send them all a note about how they shouldn't be so uh, so carbon-consuming, how they should be greener. There are no uh, battery-operated planes out there, are there? No. No, they're all flying private jets. But uh, globalist Chris Coons, Senator Chris Coons, who is really the Biden lapdog, apparently he still owes for getting his spot in the Senate just don't like any of this guy's policies we we came to words years ago when he told me to my face the iran deal stinks but we have to take it no you don't have to take it if it stinks you don't you don't accept the deal that was about eight years ago globalist chris coons yesterday at the world economic forum i thought he represented the uh, state of delaware We will continue um, to have an open economy, to be committed to free trade, and to see the robust value um, that globalization has brought to the world. There's been a lot of comment, a lot of concern uh, about the Inflation Reduction Act. As we are implementing this significant investment, uh, we need to do it with an eye towards our closest partners and allies, um, and to do it not just for our benefit, but for the world's benefit. I think that 2024 is truly going to be an America first election. I believe that these globalists are finally coming out thinking that, oh, we don't have to worry about it anymore. Everybody wants to be part of a one world society, the Klaus Schwab vision of the world. And if you're out there, and I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Chris Coons is up for re-election now. Delaware is a reliable, reliable state for the Democrats. Would that we could change that. There are eight Senate seats that uh, even the Hill.com has said will be likely flips from uh, blue to red in 2024. But if you're a globalist like Chris Coons and all you want to talk about is how we need to be part of this global world, uh, I'm sorry, you don't to be deserve to be representing the state, but he'll probably not have a real serious challenger. Delaware has a history of some pretty bad Republican Senate candidates. And speaking of um, senators, 
saying things at the World Economic Forum that are disturbing. I heard yesterday that that um, Kristen Cinema, who is there as well, Senator Cinema and Senator Manchin were spotted high fiving each other over being able to derail some of the Democrat priorities. And I initially thought, oh, good. Good for Joe Manchin. Maybe he'll he'll wake up and walk across the aisle and caucus with the GOP. And then I heard what he said yesterday, what he said at the World Economic Forum. Again, we're, we're talking about free speech here. I'm really happy this speech was recorded and played back for us. Joe Manchin apparently has a problem with opposing opinions. Check this out. The problem that we have is the open press system and basically all the platforms. Excuse me? He really said the problem is we have an open press system and all these platforms. You have a problem? There's too much speech? It's impossible. There can't be too much speech. The problem that we have is the open press system and basically all the platforms. So if you're able to have five platforms, social platforms, that you can basically... um, Uh, personify the extremes and it seems like that is the majority speaking they're not the majority but they're basically driving everybody to make a decision um no no the idea of free speech is uh that it can't be compromised anywhere any place free speech doesn't exist if you as the overlords in government or in technology are deciding who gets a voice Whose voice is amplified? Whose voice is silenced? As someone who was shadow banned before Elon Musk owned Twitter, I can tell you there is a huge difference. And I don't want technocrats and I don't want bureaucrats, elected individuals like yourself, deciding who gets to speak. We all have a voice. Now, you're supposed to bring facts when you, when you bring up ideas. But if you're out there saying, oh, no, we just have we have too many voices. Imagine that concept to the founders. Too many voices. People are smart enough to recognize when something is Bravo Sierra. People are wise enough to understand when someone is just working on feelings and not facts. That that you just have to discount it. This really shocked me that Joe Manchin stood up there at the World Economic Forum. Now, maybe he's, um, he's not planning on winning in 2024. He certainly sounds like he's thinking he's going to run again. But if you're up there telling people that, uh, oh, there's just too much. There's just too much speech. There can't be. It's impossible. It doesn't exist. Just, um, just absolutely insane. Um. There is also uh, there was a great statement from uh, Klaus Schwab while we're on the subject of the World Economic Forum. Uh, Schwab uh, talking again about the global economy. Our global economy is undergoing deep transformation. The energy transition, the consequences of COVID, the reshaping of supply chains are all serving as Catholic forces for the economic transformation. So everything that's happened is serving his dream. 
of a one-world economy. Everything that's going on is working for Klaus in his lair inside a hollowed-out volcano somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. No, he's not there. Does this scare anybody that this guy has this much sway and that so many of our elected officials are there bowing and scraping? And saying, oh, yes, yes. Now, we heard yesterday from a gentleman in Connecticut who had attended the World Economic Forum on several occasions, and he talked about how the, the real action was not at the speeches. That was just the dog and pony show. The real action happened in the hotel suites where these world leaders and these business leaders were meeting and making deals. And I believe that happens because that's always how conventions work. The convention floor is one thing. The keynote address is one thing. The real action happens in the smoke-filled rooms. Do we still have smoke-filled rooms or have gummies changed that? I don't know. Vaping and gummies have changed that probably. Maybe it's on the golf course somewhere, on the ski slopes of Davos. But still, this is the public face of the World Economic Forum. Most critical fragmentation is between those who take a constructive attitude and those who are just bystanders. But the spirit of Davos is positive, is constructive. So we're told that the spirit of Davos is positive. It is constructive. But we are separated by those who agree with me and those who are standing on the sidelines. A little disturbing, to say the least. And there are globalists everywhere. Everywhere. But the thing that bothers me are the globalists who are in Switzerland but get a paycheck from you and I, the voters, here in the United States. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Joe Manchin. We've got more on this because um, Mr. Potato Head, Brian Stelter surfaced, saw his shadow and predicted a few more days of the World Economic Forum. We'll get to that just around the corner. Join us, 888-630-9625. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. You're listening to The Chris Plant Show. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but... Are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen. It is the Chris Plant Show on a Wednesday. Michael Pelka in for Chris. My jaw is dropping from something printed in the Washington Post today. I'll share it with you next hour because there isn't enough time to express <laughs> my dumbfoundery, if that's even a word. And speaking of dumbfounded, uh, yesterday, Geraldo dumbfounded everybody by his ignorance when talking about the Air 15, calling it uh, an automatic rifle, a machine gun. He's so wrong. But that wasn't the only bit of 
stupidity that came out of Geraldo's mouth. Somebody wrote me during the break and said, why are you so tough on Geraldo? Why do you want to trade him to the view? Well, if you weren't paying attention yesterday, Geraldo not only said that the AR-15 should be banned and that it was an automatic rifle, a machine gun. Yeah, he said that. His words. You can go back and listen to it. But um, he also agreed with um, the idea of hiring another 87,000 IRS agents. And he's all in on electric vehicles. Isn't the trend, Judge, toward electric vehicles to clean up the air? I, I appreciate Dennis' points. And Wyoming is the eighth largest producer of oil and gas in the country. Right, I right. But isn't EV the direction the world is going? No, no, it's not. No, it's not, Mr. I drive a Rolls Royce around the town of Shaker Heights, Ohio, outside of Cleveland. No, it's not. But he's he's dug in on this one. I won't be around to see it, but I predict that uh, we will be electric cars, whether you like it in Wyoming or not. That's where it is. Yeah, Wyoming's um, actually doing sort of a ceremonial filing to say, uh, we don't want to have electric cars here. Yeah, because the state doesn't have a network of charges. It'd be impossible to do it. You can't, as well as the ethical responsibility when it comes to getting rid of the batteries and what it takes to mine the batteries, to create the batteries, the destruction of the planet, the slave labor that hand mines so much of the rare earth metals. It is an awful reality what it takes to create an electric car. And then they're charged with fossil fuels. So no, Geraldo, it's not inevitable. It's only inevitable if we allow people to force us to do it instead of forcing innovation like hydrogen-powered vehicles, like propane-powered vehicles, which are already on the road. I know Kama loves electric school buses, but in uh, the town where I live, of Wilmington, Delaware, we actually have city buses that run on propane. There's no tailpipe, and there's no electric battery to charge. And if you run out of fuel, you just put a new tank in. And guess what? We have enough of that. We have a lot of that gas out there. And it's a lot cleaner than burning coal to run power plants to charge electric vehicles with unrecyclable batteries created by children and slaves who were forced to mine them thanks to China. There's a lot there for you to swallow, Geraldo. I hope you enjoy your time at The View. It's Opelka in for Plant on The Chris Plant Show. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs> 